0: what's going on everyone welcome to the joe vore podcast jv podcast network we have a very special guest producer snowman is back this is huge for us not many people are going to know what's going on but once i think once we start to explain it people are going to be like oh we, we know who we're dealing with here we have cameron hughes the king of cheer i took this right off his twitter so i make sure i read this word for word 26 years of igniting crowds around the world new book is out king of cheer cameron thank you so much for joining us we are we're like psyched to have you man this is awesome
1: let's go let's bring the cheer we've got some stories to tell (laughs) yes we
0: do yes we do so i want to give you a little background on us i know the snowman may have done that a little bit on twitter uh, when he dm'd you so as i'm sure you know we're from ohio huge Cavs fans my parents my dad's work has had season tickets forever I've been lucky. The first playoff game I ever went to was LeBron's first playoff game. So I've, I've been spoiled over the years going to Cavs games pretty much from, you know, LeBron's third year in the league through, you know, his Cleveland run. And still, you know, so I've seen a lot of good years, a lot of bad years with him, without him, I've seen it all. The snowman has, a, has um, come with me and been a guest of mine uh, to a lot of these games. So just kind of collateral damage here. Just by way of being there, we've seen a lot of you and we've gotten to know you over the years as the t-shirt guy and I had no idea that you had a name other than t-shirt guy until I saw a picture of you on Twitter with Sir Cece and uh, Moondog congratulating you on your book and I sent a picture to Snowman I'm like, it's the guy and he said in all caps, like the Ohio State University, he's like the guy, I'm like, could be an awesome podcast guest, he's like, I'm on it, I'm like, producer Snowman, you're the man and now we are here. We're super. Po- we're, we're live. We're, we're, we're live, live, man. Like, we're we're huge. This is real. This is not a
1: dress rehearsal. It is dance.
0: happening. Oh my god, it's happening. Full on Michael Scott gift right now. Like we are. We're <laughs> we're huge fans, man. Like we are psyched. We, you are oh, the well man,
1: guys. I mean, I appreciate it. It's been, uh, you know, we'll get into it, but it's been a funny journey, and uh, you know, I, you know, in the book, I mean, I'm not trying to like get right to the book, but oh, yeah. there's like people think that you just show up in an arena and you get hired. It's like, uh uh-uh. uh. There's so many layers to getting into the, into the arena for the team to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Let's bring in a freak to throw t-shirts out. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and I, and I've loved my time with the Cavs, you know, I've loved it. There's been, I mean, some of the greatest highlights of my career have been in Cleveland. Yeah. I um, didn't
2: I know people- that I didn't, sorry. I didn't know that you were not, like a Clevelander. I thought you were just a a fan that came to all the games and that was just your thing. Like that's what I thought.
1: Well, I mean, that's the good and the bad of PR, right? I mean, they don't introduce me as you know, they don't put up my tag. I think in, I don't know how many games I've done. They've maybe retweeted one thing. They keep it quiet and that's good and bad for me. Obviously it's bad. It's bad when there's a pandemic. (laughs) It's good when you're going from Cleveland to, you know, another arena. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean that's part of the part of the brand in a way, right? It's just like who is this guy, I think. Yeah,
0: and and it's awesome and it's funny how like you said they really don't promote it. So when you show up, especially at one of these playoff games, right? It's obviously packed. They have all the giveaway shirts. So everyone's in the same color. And then all of a sudden, you, during one of these TV timeouts, you know, cheerleaders are throwing balls in the stands, Moon Dogs like doing cartwheels off a trampoline, dunking basketballs. And all of a sudden, this random guy shows up on the Jumbotron. And I just grabbed Snowman. And we're like, we know who he is. But n- most people don't. And all of a sudden, there's like this little murmur, like little, like quiet, like, you know, there's all this noise like in football game, right? And then someone launches a deep pass and it gets quiet and then it erupts when the catch is made. This is like what happens with you. When you get introduced, you kind of had like earlier, you had like your rip-off shirt on. I'm like, oh, here it comes. And all of a sudden, they start playing music and you kind of look around and bring the moment to you. Then all of a sudden, you're going crazy. You got anywhere from like, 10 to 17 shirts on and you just start ripping them off and throwing them at people by the way I don't know if you know this I'm a very method podcaster I actually have like four shirts on right now so if the snowman starts putting on music I'm gonna start launching them at people
1: if you don't I'm gonna be disappointed
0: I exactly I, I knew I was gonna to have to if I was gonna wear all these shirts I had to had to bring it but I think that's such like a, a special thing because it's like Oh here this guy like here's this guy again and we know we know what's going on but for most people it's a surprise they don't remember it or haven't been in a game with you yet and I think the element of surprise is so much fun cuz people like you said some freak in the stadium right and people are like what is this? What, what's going on? Yeah. Like, is this like Dan Gilbert's nephew who's like, hey, can I come to the game? You want to make a hundred? It's like, you want to make a hundred bucks this summer? And you just like show up and start throwing t-shirts at people. But no, you built this thing. You have a book. You've been doing this for, you know, a quarter of a century. Um, you know, so that, like, like we said, that element of, of uh, surprise is, is the best and we, we love it.
1: Yeah, I think the element of surprise is key. You know, when I first started off, I was at a Ottawa Centers game and I'm from Canada. And I just got up. I was just like, "Come on, fans, let's get going. Let's have some fun." And nobody was cheering. It was, a, you know, the team wasn't very good. It was cold. There was just like it was kind of like the perfect quote unquote storm of of me going, "Hey, let's do something. I need to do something about this." And you know, I was always crazy in high school. Not always crazy. I was I was a little nuts in high school and college, and that's another backstory. But that night, I was just like, "Let's go!" And I really, really tried to. I didn't plan to do this, by the way. It wasn't like, oh, I had a 25-year plan. But <laughs> in every game I'm at, I try to make it feel like that first night because that first night was we need something right now. Let's go. Let's create some spontaneity. But it's also the human interaction. And we know we've become so dependent on the video boards that even though there's a video board and I use the video board to my benefit, there's a sense of it's a guy. It's not, it's not a promo video. It's a real human. And I think those are the moments that, you know, outside of just me, that people resonate with the most, right? It's that, it's that thing. And I took it that first night in Ottawa, the first time I got up, I was in my seat. And then the next song they played was, I think it was like, Everybody Dance Now. And I went to the aisle. <laughs> and that's why I had a career. If I just stayed in my seat, it would have been done. That would have been the fun night. And I've really looked at that because think of guys, I mean, how many times you go to a game, you see someone do a funny dance in the right. crowd and the crowd loves it or the grandma. And then that's the moment's over. Right. Yep. So I just kept showing up at arenas and then I got a booking agent and uh, how I got into Cleveland's a great story. If you want me to share it, but yes. it's like, it's just, it's just been wild, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Go, go ahead and share that Cleveland's. Cause I, I, so, so it sounds like here you were kind of a, a self-starter. You were just kind of doing this on your own and then through, through you know, word of mouth or people seeing you, whatever it is. So you end up with this booking agent. And then what was the first thing that, that you booked? You know, what was, the, what was the, you know, first yes that you got? Because all great ideas, all things that we hear about and read about at first, you know, even like, you know, you look at some of those early, like, you know, pictures of Jeff Bezos with Amazon's like, you're going to put books on the internet, you moron. What's that going to be? And you look at, you know, what Amazon is today, all of those things start off probably at first glance, like, what the hell is this like what are you thinking about and then yeah. but then all of a sudden you know you stick with it and someone gives you that first yes and then all of a sudden it's it, it's a career it's, it's inspiration it's something that you read about it's something that you hear about so who gave you that you know first yes you know how did this booking agent discover you kind of t- t- you know let's go back 25 years and take us through this this start and uh, this journey to where we are today
1: yeah well I started in Ottawa two years there and then on my second year there, I was selling T-shirts to survive because I couldn't really make a living. I was getting a few hundred bucks. So I started wearing T-shirts, and I, I would put a crazy picture of my face on the front and on the back, it said, the dancing guy. <laughs> and I would rip the shirts off. I'd twirl them around. I'd throw them in the crowd. And then I, the, the team, the Ottawa team, was like, yeah, that's fine. You can do that. That's great. You know, They weren't their shirts. And then i go to Toronto, which is a bigger city and hockey, huge there. And I do my shtick to see if they'll hire me. Like I would just show up, show up, show up, you know, hire me, hire me. And at the end of the Leaf game, they were like, we want to have you back. We're going to pay you. We're going to put you in a hotel, but we need you to wear Leaf t-shirts.
2: Yeah, yeah right. <laughs>
1: and, I, it, and it was like all these things were adding up. And then, and then, you know, other teams in Toronto. And then the scoreboard broke in Buffalo at the arena. And they're like, oh, we need something because there's no scoreboard. So next thing I know, I'm going to Buffalo. And then people in Buffalo saw me. And that's when I got the agent. I didn't realize there was a you know, there was a business. There's just like sports entertainers were performing mostly at minor league events around the world. From Morgana the Kissing Bandit, sort of the Dolly yeah. Parton of uh, <laughs> you know what I mean of cheering. Yeah, uh, Crazy George and Little Elvis and all these different acts that this agent was um, you know called SRO Agency was representing. And they we got up we met and he's like, "Do you want me to book you around the country?" I'm like yeah okay yeah. it was just so weird right yeah I was like what do you mean there's a business what do you mean you can make like a living and pretty good one and so I started showing up in all these minor league games and that was the break that kind of made me like all these moments were light bulb moments that kept getting brighter so to speak you know and then it just kept snowballing you know and show up more and more and more and then it led to other opportunities and hosting tv and doing radio and speaking at events and doing a lot of corporate speaking high school speeches yeah and then in 2006 this is one of my favorite stories i'm in gwinnett georgia okay i'm doing a game for the minor league hockey team you know i'm always it's usually me right it's table for one (laughs) and i'm at the game and you meet the team people and you you know you get to know them but I'm in the middle of nowhere, there's 11, there's a big crowd that night, big, big crowd. I go out of my mind, okay? After the game, I'm leaving, I'm dripping in sweat, and this couple come over with a group of friends, and they're like, hey. They didn't know what to call me, you know what I mean? Probably sweaty t-shirt guy. Um, What's what's up? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, what do you mean, what's up? They're like, do you do this for a living? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, do you travel? I'm like, yep. And all these questions, and I'm like, Okay, and it's your turn. Who are you? Yeah. Turns out it was the director of entertainment from the Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: How about that? Wow.
1: And her husband who ran the production on QTV. So Amanda and Johnny Greco. Yeah. And they're very well known now in the in the entertainment space. They went on they've gone on to do a lot of amazing things, but so in the book actually I sure I actually share part of the email exchange from Amanda because she was so meticulous and going, I'd like to have you December 13th, 15th, if you're available. I'm like, yeah, of course I was available, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. And, and she was like, um, you know, what do you need for an intro? What do you need for this? What, what do you need? Like, really caring about, like, the process. And it's all about setting up for success. Anyhow, 2006 was my first game in Cleveland. Wow. And I did a bunch of games for a, a few years there. And then there was a major gap where I didn't do any. And then I came back in 2014-15, around that time, and then, you know, was part of the four years.
0: So, so you were on the LeBron schedule, This is what it sounds like.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> LeBron, actually, yeah, I'm on his payroll just to cheer whenever he's there. That, that's right. That, that makes
0: sense, because other than that, people are like asleep in the stands or they're, you know, today it's super weird. You know, people are going to be at Cavs games checking the Browns score, because the Browns are somehow good now. It's like totally re- reverse, reverse the roles. Um but, you know, t- talk about because we, we, you know, look back at those times in, in Cleveland so fondly because, you know, we'll, you know e- e- those teams were so great. And LeBron is not just, you know, not wasn't just the best player in the league, but in all time great. And he's from Ohio, played in Cleveland. Now, now, do you just go in when, when you work? Do you just do your spot and you're gone? Are you able to stay for for the game? You know, obviously being a hockey fan, you know, the, the, those, you know, you know, the even as crazy as the basketball playoff crowds get, um, you know nothing compares to, to to hockey, especially playoff hockey. But can you just kind of speak to, um, you know, because we always felt the environment in Cleveland was just exceptional for the games, and especially everyone always wearing, you know, the, the culture, everyone wearing the same t-shirts. It felt very, very unified, and it almost, you know, looks like you know what a hockey game would look like when you're watching it uh, during the springtime, watching watching playoff games. So, so what's kind of your schedule? You know, let's say you're doing a Cavs playoff game. What's your schedule for that day? Do you get to stay for the game, or are you just quick in and out? What's that like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I stay for the whole game. I I, I come in depending on where I am with other cities, trying to you know coordinate it. Um, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, because you don't know. You never knew who was going to win or, what, you know, what the delays were in the playoffs. But oftentimes I would stay for a few days, you know, get to know people in the city, do other things in the city. But at the actual game, like, I'm performing for the whole game, you know. Right. Uh, I think I had 240 to 300 T-shirts per game to throw wow. out. And even <laughs> when fans at every game, Cleveland's one of maybe the only teams in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken, that gives their fans a T-shirt from the first round all the way through.
0: It's true. Yep.
1: Right. Yes. And I, I could talk about that for 20 minutes, like, cause I'm not positive. It's a great idea, but that's just me. <laughs> but, um, at the same time they're also rewarding their fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's, a, it, you know, fans, you know, in my opinion, it's like you buy, my whole thing is you buy a ticket, you do what you want with it, but here are a lot of suggestions mm-hmm. like wear the shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like cheer when you should, not when we're, we tell you to. You right. know what I mean, there's all these different elements of of, you know, being a fan that um, some teams like really come together and some teams wait for the bigger moments, you know. Uh, and I think Cleveland was a bit of everything in that in that regard. They you know, they had been waiting for a while uh, it, it was happening they were buying into it. And then, you know, obviously Golden State was really good. And then they believed, you know, yeah. believe, <laughs> you know, why not now? Wasn't that the, wasn't that the promo? Why not now? Uh,
0: for w- which team?
1: For the Cavs. Wasn't there a great Nike spot? Like why not now or something?
0: Yeah. 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 There, there were, so like the Cavs official one, the year that they won it was all in two one six for the area code and then yeah. 16 for the 2016 Um Nike, they, they've had different ones. Um, that that may have been one. I know the first year LeBron was back, they passed out like together t-shirts that were Nike ones. Yeah. Um Witness over the years has been LeBron. Witness.
1: I love the one though, Why Not Now, which is such a great. Yeah. I think that might have been like a Our, big it might have been never seeing a yeah. picture yeah. in the crowd. And it's like this huge banner that yeah. people are passing around. Like, why not now? Yeah. And it's a great sort of metaphor for life, right? Yep. Why not now? And I mean, look, we know what happened in 2016, and you know, I remember. I mean, remember they were doing the Republican convention and they were tearing yeah. out like yeah. seats. I mean, I remember being at the watch. I was at the watch party when they won
0: for Game Seven. Yeah, they were getting ready for the convention. Yeah. The floor were you at was the watch party. No, but we've seen the videos. We have our own. We'll, we'll talk about our own personal watch party that we had in a second. But yeah, yeah I remember seeing the videos, and you know, usually they're able to pack over twenty thousand people in there. Easily, and, you know, you know they, they pretty much it's pretty much like, um, you know, like the game is there. The the only thing that's different is the game's up on the screen, not on the floor. Um, But yeah, they had all, a bunch of lower bowl and, you know, where the floor seats would be all taken out and they were starting to set up um, for the convention. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, it was, I was at that. um, I stayed for all the watch parties. I stayed for, speaking of hockey, I stayed for the Monsters playoff games. And they won it that year. They won it that year. Yeah. I mean, I was all in in Cleveland. I should have moved there. You know what I mean? (laughs) My girlfriend's like, Are you seeing someone in Cleveland? I'm like, I should be. LeBron. <laughs> just, just Moondog and Sir Cici. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was like that night, I'll never forget that night. That felt like it was a home game. The crowd was like, and I think that fans get, it's like almost like a meter. You know yep. what I mean? We get more and more primed as it goes. The teams uh, do more and more to prime us, right? Um, And and Cleveland, I know this because Dan Gilbert wants to do it. And sometimes I totally agree. And sometimes I think you should just like, (laughs) you know, bring it down, but you can't get your fans too jacked before the game. You can't, right. You shouldn't, right. You got to build it though. And Cleveland did a great job with the outdoor, uh, you know, festivals and the bands playing and the banners. Like there's all those little touch points that were happening for those four years that Cleveland did a great job.
0: Yeah, no, it it was always very cool because it, you know, was a pro sports team in Cleveland. You know, obviously they're in in Ohio, in in Columbus, there's Ohio State and Ohio State football reigns supreme. But it was really cool because that summer, you know, those four Junes in a row are, you know, pretty much April through June. Those four April through June moments in a row, Cleveland without a major university felt like a college town. It was a Cavs college town and that was the environment. That's the way it was dressed up. That's the way people showed out. That's the passion that it had. And I think you speak to it um, directly, which was really, really cool. You know, the t-shirts that they pass out, you know, every single round had a different theme. They were passing out a different colored t-shirt. Um, and that was just, uh, you know, and, you know, all the, all the slogans and everything, of course, every team does it. But when you have LeBron and, you know, you pretty much know that you're going to go four rounds, you can go all into those things. And when you're gonna have all those eyeballs on it, you know, sponsors are going to come in. And I think that's, you know, really the way that they were able to do it, you know, because sponsors like, yeah throw key bank on a t-shirt. We'll do it again. You know, 20,000 well, yeah, people are going to have
1: 21,000 yeah. t-shirts. Yeah. No problem.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm sure every that's...
1: game, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> every game they're packing that place. And, and I, I kind of want to talk about this too, because I think it's, I've noticed this going to both over the years, minor league sports and um, professional sports. Now I'm only 22 snowman's 21. So you're, you, you've seen more than us. Have you felt, cause I feel like more of your stuff and the things that we're talking about now that we saw with the Cavs, You know, years ago felt like, you know, that was really only the stuff they did at minor league games because they had to focus more on the experience because these were players that are either on their way out or only going to be around for a little bit because they're going to be in the pros here soon. So they had to kind of focus on the fan experience because the product, for the most part, you know, really couldn't make up for it. Even if you saw good games, you weren't seeing big names. You know, you couldn't count on, uh, you know, if the cheerleaders don't bring it that night, it's probably not a big deal because we get to watch LeBron, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love run, run up and down the floor. Have you feel like pro sports has made a more concerted effort over the years, um, you know, everywhere to, to you know, engage the fans more and more of a fan experience, especially as technology and the, the viewing experience at home has raised so rapidly and is so good now that a lot of people, especially if we're going to outdoor sports, you know, kind of elect to stay home.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a huge point and a great point. And yes, they have. And then I'll go back to it. My career started at the NHL, and then I was doing NBA, and then it went to minor leagues. And I was witnessing stuff that I, I had no idea. Right? They had huge budgets to spend on acts like me, jugglers, you know, dogs that ch- chase frisbees, and on and on and on. Right? Every game, you know, you get those little cart, those little calendars for minor league game. And every big weekend, there's something happening. right? Yeah. And now, like you said, the Cavs have like magnetic uh, calendar giveaway and they have this giveaway and this giveaway. That wasn't happening before that at this level. And they had to do it. They had to do it for a lot of reasons. One, the competitive dollar is basically the only reason yeah, because you're spending a lot of money to come to these games. So we're going to give you, like you said, the action on the court. But we can't control what happens, like you said. But we can control all the other stuff within reason, right? Right. So I've seen the most successful teams I've seen that aren't just like, oh, yay, a couple years we're going to do this and then we're going to stop. They continue to do it because fans, I don't think they should expect it, but they should feel rewarded, right? And I I think that sometimes fans are a little more like, oh, well, I paid, so I I should get this. It's like, no, we're going to reward you, you know what I mean, for coming, for contributing. And the best teams that have done it have done it, you know, like Vegas Golden Knights. The last three years, they were a brand-new team, and they created a mindset that they're going to command. and you can party as hard on a Tuesday against the most boring team as you can on a Friday or Saturday against the most exciting team. Right. To change that mindset by doing all these touches is, is how you win, I believe, in the long term. You know, and if I'm the Cavs right now without the the, the the big, you know, LeBron gone and he's been gone for obviously uh, a while, but like um, all those touches, you know, and they do do it. I'm not saying they don't do it, but I would like, in a way, I'd turn it up even more right? because, um, you know, you're not going to have, you know, they obviously have an exciting team and exciting players, et cetera, et cetera, but they need to do that more, in my opinion. And I think they are. I mean, I, I'm not in on their meetings, but... <laughs> You know, I I know from having worked with them for years that that that's that they focus on. They want their their fans to you know they've been rewarding their team for a while.
0: Absolutely, and and that's something that I've noticed. Now I, I live in I I went to school in Arizona and I live out here now. Um, and I've noticed I've gone to. Um, Some Suns games I saw, you know, when the Cavs have come to visit. And that's something that I noticed. You can tell Cleveland really cares about it. All the upgrades over the years that they made to the stadium. I mean, you know it. Your first time you were there in 2006, the Jumbotron is completely different. They now have the biggest one in, you know, um, you know, in an arena. Um, with, with, their jumbotron, their humongotron there in Cleveland and, you know, the, the led, you know, they updated everything there. Um, well, oh, yeah, this
1: the stick people, the dancers, the spirit team. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, they've spent I mean, it, it, the, the intro videos. I mean, you know, the DJ, the, the Ahmad. sound system. Yeah. Ahmad is incredible. We, we, Ahmad's the man. We love Ahmad. He's oh, the he's best. He's a jerk. <laughs> he's a jerk. Tell us, I love him. T- tell us some Ahmad story. Give us the dirt no, on he's
1: Ahmad. He's awesome. <laughs> you know what I love about him? Yeah. He, he is he the most talented? I don't know, right? You know, it's like saying they're the best fans. Like, how do you know that? Right. But his heart and his passion for the team and what he does, that's, to me, always what's ma- always what matters. If you have the heart behind everything you do, and I've seen him behind, this, you know, I've seen him on every level, yeah. and he has it at the next level. You need that, yeah. you know?
0: A- absolutely. So, yeah,
1: I mean... You know, I mean, it's just like I look at – I've been going through my videos recently, too, of, like, some funny moments where, I, you know, I could tell you a bunch, but there, there's a couple funny stories. But the mascots you know, Sir and Moondog, I would be in their locker room, you know, changing and stuff, and uh, we'd have funny chats. We'd always, like, brainstorm ideas. And one game, they brought me out to uh, center court to come out of the loud, louder, louder flag. Yes. And I'm there, and I'm like – fans are like, ah! You know, it's 2015 – and I then, you know, the flags are gone and I lead a slow clap with 20,000 people. Yep. You know, I've never felt like Bono until that moment. You know what I mean? It was unbelievable. It was truly insane. 20,000 people on your beat. Okay. Yep. So it's amazing. I fly back. I'm, I'm living in California and I actually ended up spraining my wrist. Okay. So I sprained my wrist. Yep. Got my first date with this girl in, in LA. And I'm like, I, I was actually in pain, like really painful. she's <laughs> just embarrassing to tell you this. So anyhow, I, find, I was like, okay, I better go on the date. I can't cancel. We've been talking about this for a while. We go on the date, we sit at this bar, and the whole time I'm pressing my wrist like this. And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, uh, I've got a clapping injury.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she was about the clap. She's like, what is this Vietnam? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. It was this World War One? So
1: she's like... Oh my God it's so weird so I go to the I go to the restroom I come back she's asked the bartender for a bag of ice so I come back and now she's icing my wrist on her first date. incredible and we have we've been together since there, go. there we go
0: there that, you go that's what I need to do snowman I'm gonna get an injury and if and if I'm gonna I'm gonna be like nursing it but try to be tough and if she yeah. and when I go to the bathroom if there's a bag of ice there boom there's my keeper.
2: Well, you don't that's even it. have to. You don't even have to really get an injury. You can. You can fake it. Fake it. Act. Acting. There we go. I,
1: <laughs> I got to tell you guys. Just off the top of my head, this story. So yeah, I, I can't remember what year it was. Doesn't matter because it was in those four years. But uh, I come and I meet with the guys. Um, you know, we would meet all the time, try to be creative, try to help with ideas because I was staying there a lot. And uh, one day, I'm in the office with the head of entertainment um, and the managers. And the guy gets, a, we hear, we listen to all his voicemails. He's going, there's one guy calls and he goes, Hey, I'm so-and-so. Um, I was wondering if I could propose to my fiat, my girlfriend at the Cavs game. By the way, this is the finals. Okay.
2: Yeah. Epic.
1: <laughs> and he literally was like, ah, do I have to call back and tell him no? Or should he just understand that you can't do it? Yeah. But clearly he didn't understand that you can't be doing that in the NBA finals. Right. Right. So I can't remember if he called him back or not, but basically it was a hard no. right? Yep. Okay, so that's that. It's not happening. The next day, okay, twenty thousand people at the game. I pick a seat. Usually, it's in the same section, but like depending where, depending who's there, we ask someone to leave. Yeah. So I sit down and I'm ready to ready to go. T- cameras are going. It's the NBA Finals. Okay. Yep. The video dance cam or whatever crowd comes quiet. Cameras are coming, comes to me, okay? And I'm just about, I'm like making a face, I'm making a face, and the guy in front of me gets down on one knee. No. Out of nowhere, he's sitting in front of me.
0: It's the guy.
1: It's the guy. It's the guy. What
2: are the no. chances? And he thinks he's proposing to his wife on the Jumbotron, but it's really looking at you.
1: Yes, and he <laughs> thinks the calves have set it up for him. <laughs> There's a video of it. So guess what I did? I just stood there waving, going, yay, because yeah. I couldn't ruin his moment. Right. 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 <laughs> I couldn't. Oh my God. So he gets down, he proposes. I kind of like I remember like I'm oh trying no. to like figure out what do I do? Like I think I kind of group hugged him like from behind, you know, I'm like right behind them. Yeah. yeah. Group hugged them, maybe a kiss on the cheek, and then I'm like, see ya. And then I get up and perform. <laughs> That's I mean that's awesome. That's why you're so a pro many lessons in that, but the biggest one is fans don't know what they don't know is the biggest takeaway. Yes. Let the guy have his moment, which was a beautiful moment.
0: Yep. Right.
1: And then just go.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: What luck. How how crazy is that? That's insane. It is actually insane. <laughs> out of out of twenty thousand possible <laughs> seats.
2: Yeah.
0: He's just like, Well, I guess, you know, obviously I he's like, obviously, you know, they just forgot to call me back. I mean, obviously they said yeah. yes.
1: So I mean, yeah. They must have known I was sitting there.
0: NBA finals, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. What what what's your take on that? Cuz I know some people, I've heard some people, some girls are like absolutely not. Sporting event? Are you kidding me? And some people go for it. Like what what do you think about that? 100% are, no. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, 100%. There's a lot of teams that
1: won't even that that have just banned it completely yeah. because of uh well, I don't have to go into the reasons, but yeah, I think I think teams just—I um, don't know—it's minor league, maybe. Yeah, I was at a game in Rockford once, uh, Illinois a hockey game, mm-hmm. and the couple met at the Rockford uh, Ice Hogs games, and then they got married at Center Ice, and the groomsmen were holding sticks over them, and I was just like, well, "Okay, all right, <laughs> here we go." My. That's uh, what you
0: want. Yeah, yeah. That's what the crazy. So, spe- sp- yeah, go ahead, Snowman. Well,
1: so I I
2: have a interesting question. I think. So let's say you you know you're at a you're at a Cavs game and you're at a Cavs game with this current roster and. Needless to say, it's not going very well, and it's a thirty point blowout, and it's come it you know it comes to your time. What do you do? Like like, like what are what are you gonna do when like the team? It's just playing awful and it's just
1: really rough. Did you pay for your ticket? Oh yeah. oh yeah. Did you show up? Yeah. Did you buy a beer or a soft drink or food? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I go just as crazy.
0: There you go.
1: There you go. Because right. if, if if you know you know, I started off with your uh, no, I'm just gonna... I'll finish up saying that no matter what happens, you know, you need to entertain your fans. I remember doing a hockey game once and I think there's five minutes left and there's most of the arena was still there. And I'm like, okay, I want to do the wave, like play this song and I'll get it going. And they're like, no. And I'm like, what? Like, who cares? Do it. You know? And so I did it without them. I, you know, cause sometimes you need a song on or you don't want them to do a PA or like video. And I was just like, by the way, it took me like seven times to get it going. And, you know, it's a Saturday or something. It was a Friday. It was a weekend game. There was kids there. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? And if you're going to stay there, you don't you want to still be entertained? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, at some right. it, at some level, I think, you know. Yeah, no, I, I just can't
2: imagine, like, how hard it would be, like, for you to do your job. Like, that's what you're there to do. Yeah. And, just, you know, the team is not playing well or whatever's happening. You know, there's not much time left. And, yeah, I mean, and you it, still got
1: to go out and perform. I think, and I think that's why like Cleveland was fun, but you know, they, they, they won the one year obviously, but it was also, you know, four rounds for four years in a row. So, I mean, it was pretty epic, right? Absolutely. Um, we, should we talk about the, the parade?
0: Were you at the parade?
1: Was I at the parade? Oh, of yeah. course you were
0: at the parade. I was at the parade.
1: I got a story about the parade. Tell
0: us the story about the parade.
1: So it's uh, the party happens. They win that night. Yeah. And, um, president of the team, Carrie Bubalt says to me, Hey, I want you at the parade. Do you want to stay? I'm like, sure. That's awesome. So I say to Adam, my buddy, who's the head of entertainment guy, he's like, stay, just stay, you know? So I book a couple of hotels that were so expensive. And oh like, yeah. He's like, nobody, they didn't care. Yeah. Like if I told you it was insane. <laughs> so then Moondog calls me and says, Hey, can I stay at your hotel tonight? I'm like, as long as you're not in costume. <laughs> 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 my girlfriend's like, is he coming over in costume? And I'm like,
0: of, oh, course. <laughs> of course, of
1: course. course. So he's staying there because he didn't want to drive in because you know ever how many people were there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So the next morning, it's parade morning. I, I I go to the arena. I get all these T-shirts. There's a huge float. Okay. Yep. It's me, Bernie Kosar. Oh my God. And Machine Gun Kelly. Three of the whitest guys in Ohio. Okay. <laughs> and I have never met Bernie Kosar, and I never met Machine Gun Kelly. Nor do I know what he looks like. Right. Ready? Yep. So I get on the float, setting up, I've got 2,000 t-shirts okay, <laughs> in a big C. And this guy jumps on the float, tries to jump up because it was high. He's got all these tats on and it's oh, all no. like black. And I push him down. I'm like, no fans allowed, man. You know, he's in a cab something. And he turns around and he's got his entourage to come behind and they're like, that's Machine Gun Kelly. That's him. I'm like, Sorry,
2: i was like I am oh, Cleveland.
1: I am Cleveland. So he gets on. He has his entourage. His entourage starts throwing out my shirts. I'm like, sorry guys, that's my shtick. Yeah, I have to be very clear. No, yours. They would have he, been gone by the first corner, right? Your
0: entourage was like,
1: that's the T-shirt guy. Don't do that. Yeah. Nobody messes with the T-shirt yeah. guy. Don't do that. So MGK, I mean, do you remember seeing him perform?
0: I did not see him perform at the parade. I saw him on the on, on a float, so I, I, I would have had to have seen you, but I did not see him uh, perform at
2: all.
1: So, yeah, I mean, he was, like, performing a couple of his shorter tracks, but he would hang off um, light light posts, yeah. and then the truck would have to come back and get him because he was still hanging. <laughs> <laughs> he was insane. And a year later, I saw him. He was courtside, and he, would, like, gave me a little fist bump. He's like, yeah, I remember that one. There's a great picture of him and I like, at the end of the parade – were drenched. Oh, yeah. And Bernie Kosar was there. It was just, I mean, I have never, ever worked harder at a gig in my career than the float, than the parade. Wow. Ever. French, they, they everyone after the game's like, let's go out and party. I'm like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no thanks. I mean, the parade, they said, was supposed to last, what, like, 50, like less than an hour, like half hour maybe, and it went on for almost like four hours. It was insane unreal special
1: There's
2: special like, day and so amazing,
0: like over a million people there wasn't there oh like yeah 1.3 mm-hmm. million. unreal on yeah. Un- freaking it, it was it, it was unbelievable it, here's a weird question about moondog i've always thought over the years since i started going to Cavs games has it always been the same person because i know it's the same costume but the guy the way that he moves it just seems like the same guy
1: yeah i think so
0: Okay, I think I swear it's the same guy. But the only time I ever thought it wasn't him was when Snowman and I were at a game, and maybe this is because LeBron, this was just the LeBron effect. Like he didn't, maybe just didn't have enough juice in the legs, but he went to do one of his signature like flip dunks off a trampoline. Came up way short on the dunk, totally face planted. I'm like, that's not Moondog. That's an imposter. He would never do that. Like, he's usually that's throwing half.
1: court cousin Larry who's helping him out. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. It was a Moondog imposter. Like, he's usually throwing half-court shots behind his head. Yeah. And he's dunking. I'm like, Moondog would never. Do-. I'm like, I refuse to believe it. I refuse. That's
1: awesome. Let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. If you were in charge of the Cavs marketing – And let's say we do have fans allowed back in the arena, assuming, just pretend we do. What would you guys, you know, with the team that they have this year, what would be a couple of things off the top of your head that you would do?
0: Oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a heck of a question. Um, I I don't even know where, where I would start. I mean, you have to get, um, you know, it's just hard to get people excited about, about young players that are still trying to get established in Cleveland. Um, and you know, the, the high was the highest of high you know you're ever gonna have. It doesn't matter how many good Cavs teams come along in our lifetime, I, I don't think it'll ever be surpassed. It'll never, at least emotionally, match what it was those four years because of the LeBron connection and the whole story. That will never be touched. And I think that's why it's so difficult because even though you have. A guy that I really like in Colin Sexton and Darius Garland and their new draft pick out of Auburn. I really like all those guys. You still have Kevin Love, who is, you know, really the only main guy. I mean, obviously still Delhi. I rock Delhi. Delhi's like my guy. Um yeah. you know, those guys are the you know, two championship guys that are around. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just hard to um, you know, you know, you would think you would try to market those 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 young guys, like come out and see these young guys play, but you know, it's um, you know, you know, t- t- tough when there's not act? a winning. I mean, th- that's Money. really, that's really all you can do. I mean, Cleveland still, re- yeah.
1: You got to tell a new story. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's hard to do. I, and I totally agree with you. It's, I think it's kind of like, and you hear a lot about this, but like an actor winning an Oscar. Right. When they're in their twenties, they're like, shit. Yeah. Now what? You know? And as much as it's like a beautiful, incredible moment, like you said, what I, I really like what you said, it's like that emotional high with, all the storylines, wow, right? Okay, now let's let's take that. Let's try to bring a bit of just a sliver of that into the history of the Cavs. But now we're going to expand on that story and go. All right, these players, their backstory, the land, etc. Right? right?
0: No, I I think that's great. But the one thing I think that you know, at least for you know the next few years, and I I kind of feel this. I, I love the Cavs. They've always been my favorite team growing up. I love all my Cleveland teams, but the Cavs are my number one. But at least me, and I feel like a, a lot of fans are like this, I enjoy watching the young guys, but because of that championship and because the Browns are doing what they're doing right now, I'm almost like I'm content with just kind of living in 2016 and living in those four years and <laughs> thinking about LeBron. I really am. And, you know, you know, and I still watch a majority of the games. I still watch a ton of of Cavs games every year just like as if LeBron were there it's a little bit tougher to watch it's different but I still watch and I'm completely good with you know watching these young guys progress and I'm completely good rooting for the Browns being as my you know winning team because they're the ones with with the roster and the guys right now and I'm completely content watching Cavs games and going there and enjoying the arena because I love it and seeing all the new renovations and looking up there at the banner I'm like we got 2016 I'm like Good. Now I think that'll change, and it's different because we aren't the Lakers, we aren't the Celtics, where it's like, okay, Bird's out, great. Who's next? All right, Paul Pierce, those big three. Okay, who's next? Tatum. Are these guys going to get them done? I mean, we just don't. Cleveland just doesn't uh, reload that way. You know, the way that you know those those other franchises do. We're not a historic um, franchise. Now I'm not saying that the organization can just lay down and just be like, hey, 2016, but it's like, it's 2032, like, it's been 16 years, like, we should probably probably figure, like, chill, but, but for right now, um, as a fan, I feel like there's a little bit of pushback right there, as much as the team does, um, I think there's, there's always going to be a little bit of that, like, hey, we're, like, good right now, like, we'll still go to our few games, but, you know, I'm not, like, super, super into it.
1: Yeah, we got to buy into something bigger, which I think comes back to what we said, which is sort of what I've been doing for 26 years. Which right. Is, okay. We're we going to up, 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 up the entertainment aspect and the experience aspect at a whole other level. And, you know, do brand new intro videos, do yep. new music, do do this, you know, maybe have the cue sticks perform in, I don't know, I think there's 10 of them. Yeah. Maybe there are 10 different spots in the arena. Like, I don't know, mix it up. Yeah. There's also right now with what's happened, there's, uh, I believe, a reset on we need to engage at another level we need to and when i say engage i don't just mean like do a cool video i mean make people feel something because yeah. we've lost that connection for such a long time that i think fans will be forgiving if teams try stuff and it doesn't maybe work right away for sure but fans will be like oh that was cool they, they tried that you know what i mean yeah it might have been a disaster or maybe it's something that you know you keep doing and I I think Cleveland has, you know, equity, like you said, in their team. But one one thing I wanted to mention was what I really liked about the run was how much Cleveland embraced their other teams. uh, Yes. Cavs games with all the Browns guys would come. Yeah. Indians would come. Local wrestlers that are well-known. It was all the same. Everyone was the same.
2: Yeah.
0: No, it was great. And the Cavs were paid the favor with that World Series run for the Indians, which was so cool to, to to see it was um un- unbelievable you know those stadiums being so close and with Cleveland being a smaller city I mean it really was you know it was that there were no Indian you know during that time there were no Indians there were no cabs it was just Cleveland which was really really Certainly. cool
1: yeah
0: do you, do you feel slighted when LeBron left that they didn't put you up on the the big building
1: well I'm still waiting for my ring
0: <laughs> yeah what you don't have a ring that's messed up
1: is. popcorn guy got a ring i didn't get a ring
0: no way <laughs> popcorn guy got a ring
1: and i think about it and oh I'm, I'm like wait a minute here i yes i do this for other teams but i was like all in at that point yeah. right and i was just as much in a technically an employee yeah sort of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless the thunder called that weekend
0: <laughs> right yeah oh yeah I, I bet the yeah go ahead snowman
2: Oh, i was gonna I, I have a very curious question of all your jerseys that you have there yeah uh, and and you said you have like 140 in storage what's your favorite one
1: <laughs> my favorite jersey i mean there's some that are uh, i've got a lake Erie monsters right here yes all right um
0: calder um, cup champs shout my
1: favorite out one is isn't up here it's over there but it's the First jersey I ever got when I performed in Ottawa in 94. That was my payment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Here's a jersey. Awesome. What,
2: what's your jer- uh, Yeah,
1: that would be like my number one jersey. And then, I mean, there's a couple that mean a lot to me because every jersey I look at has a story. Yep. Like, yeah. You know, whatever it might be, you know, like uh, Belfast. I performed at hockey games at Belfast. Wow. And then Cardiff, the Devils, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. You know, Ice skaters, which is arguably the ugliest jersey I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so yeah, man. Every every jersey has a story to me, to it. So it, it makes me, you know, it makes me full of joy actually, because it's like it's that's not just the jersey, it's not just the crowd, it's the, how you get there in life, you know. Yeah. And I think that that's my my book is I think it surprised people. They're like, oh shit, there's heart in this. The <laughs> like, T-shirt guy has a heart. He's got feelings. <laughs> A quick story. This, this, yeah. this. The other day on Instagram, someone messaged me, and they're like, "Oh, hey, so and so from Cleveland." I'm like, "Oh my god, great to talk to you." Blah blah blah. And I, it was a kid who I should not be Instagram messaging with. First of all, I didn't realize it. Yeah. But she and her brother have their picture in my book because we had like every game I'd come to them and we'd have these crazy fun moments where I would sit in their chairs and I'd tell the kids to get up and get the crowd going. And I'd hit on the mother. <laughs> <laughs> this little girl messages me super sweet. And I'm like, um, great. I, I think I should go now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, no, it was just like, those are the, that's why I do it, man. Like the connections of people would, you know, in my book, I opened up in Vegas and then I'm on a plane and I'm on my way to Cleveland and and it's like I'm exhausted, but you get there, and that adrenaline, and you the music comes, and you do a little warm up. You get you, you see the usher, who you see every game, and you see the kid, and you're like, "What's yep. up?" And then suddenly you're like, "I'm alive!" Yeah, and that's what it's all about.
0: What What's your dream venue to set the stage for us? Who's playing? What's the venue? What's the moment? What's the stage for you to perform <laughs> in? Oh
1: wow, that's uh, I mean, I've I've lived so. Quite a few of them, which yeah. is kind of cool. I've never actually been asked dream venue. I've been asked dream gig.
0: Yeah, I, I guess Bowl I guess it's sort of the same thing. Yeah, like, like who would the teams well, be? Super What's the arena? would be up
1: there in terms of a gig. I mean, right. I, I did the Great Cup in Canada. with 68,000, which was insane. Awesome. Um, I I think it would maybe be like my hometown hockey team, the Senators against like Vegas Golden Knights, the team that I've done 50 games for. Yeah. Um, I would be... You know, cheering for both <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's i've been really lucky to go to places also i never thought i would go to you know i'm in asia you know a year ago performing at a rugby match in singapore i'm like wow. what am i doing here <laughs> wow you know? wow so our am in vancouver canada sevens and i'm performing and i turn around and there's all these kids dancing and one of the kids doesn't stop. And then he gets the crowd going and 35,000 people are like crazy. And he's 18 an year old kid with down syndrome. Wow. And he, like, if you watch the video, I get goosebumps telling a story. It's like 10, 15, 20 million views. Wow. He's just killing it. And that's like the greatest moment of my career. Cause it's never been about me. It's been about getting other fans to come with me and, you know, be part of the fun. Yeah.
0: That's excellent. So before we, as we wrap up here, tell everyone, um about your book again what's the name of the book where they can get it w- what's all in there and why oh, the, oh oh just that <laughs> just hanging out right oh. there oh this thing
1: <laughs> and i just opened it to the calves page
0: <laughs> awesome i love it
1: we didn't know what you were who you were how drunk you must have been but we had to meet you and say thank you for the smiles it was original real and fun when we met you and you were totally sober and drenched from dancing we knew we'd love to try this in our world <laughs> Johnny Greco, director of QTV, Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool.
1: I literally just opened that page. How about that? Yeah, King of Cheer. I mean, it's uh, it's a collection of short stories, lots of pictures. Don't worry, no coloring <laughs> though. And um, you know, it's it's just about the highs and lows, the fun, the crazy, the the you know, the difficult moments. Lost my mom when I was a kid to breast cancer, and she sparked me to want to connect with people. So. Like I said, it's got a bit of heart, too, and it's not just the cheering, you know, from center court at the NBA Finals. Uh, But that's my big joke, you know, and I'll I'll leave you with this. I uh, tried out for my high school basketball team year after year after year, and I didn't make the team, but I made it to center court at the NBA Finals.
0: (laughs) There you go. That's That's really cool. That is really cool.
1: Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on for sure.
0: Oh yes, of course. Thank you, Cam. We we had a blast, like we said. We're we're huge fans. We've seen you at countless games over the years, and uh, we can't wait till you know stadiums look a little bit more normal. You know the their basketball is back, and we'll know basketball is back when we uh, when we see you up there on the on again. Well,
1: I told the Cavs on that note, dude. I said, look, I know I'm getting old. I know it's been fun, but I'm doing one more game in Cleveland, and he was like, deal. All-star so game guys know. when the all-star game is you know. there,
0: they should bring you in for the all-star game. Is that this year? Um, it's well, I don't know. Cause COVID's going to kind of mess everything up. I think it was supposed to be this coming February, but I doubt that's going to happen. Oh,
1: you're right. Yeah.
0: So, um, so whenever that's back yeah. or maybe, or, uh, you know, who, who knows what, what's going to happen, but, uh, I'm sure it'll be an epic one and hopefully we're in the, we're in the stands for that one.
1: Well guys, I appreciate you and keep kicking ass, man. I, I, I respect the fact that you reached out to me and, uh, that's what it's, you know, that's the other thing. I mean, to be fair, I mean, the knocking on doors and just saying, hey, hi.
2: Yeah.
1: You guys did that with me and I was like, sorry, what? And then I'm like, (laughs) yeah, of course. This will be fun. Yeah. You know, because you never know, right?
0: Right. Yep. Yep.
1: Never know. So anyhow, good luck to you guys. And uh, we'll see you at a Cavs game soon. I appreciate you.
0: Love it. Thank you, Cameron.
1: Thanks. All right, guys. Cheers. The recording has stopped.
0: Easy as that.